You're listening to ToothPod, a podcast segment of the Toothpick Magazine, where we sit down with dentists to talk about your dental queries, lessons they have learned, and a lot of fun stuff. Today, we, Jolin and Odisha, will talk to Dr. Aplubat, who is an endodontist and a co-founder of India's largest kids' dental hospital, Vasupoja Dental Hospital. A lovely twin mom too. It's Women's Day this month. And we at Toothpick Magazine are celebrating womanhood by spreading awareness about women's dental health. Hello ma'am, how are you doing? Hi, I'm good. I'm just rocking the other part of this area of Gujarat amidst the COVID scenario. Yeah, please tell us something about yourself and your marvelous journey. And uh, what is the best uh, part about being a woman? So, well, I have graduated from Padma Shri Dr. D.Y. Patil uh, Dental College and I have post-graduated from Ahmedabad Dental College in Ahmedabad. I've done my post-graduation in endodontics and conservative dentistry. So, here I am practicing since almost 10 years in Ahmedabad, purely in endodontics. And uh, I'm a mother uh, to four-and-a-half-year-old twins. So, my world is all rocking a lullaby between the twins and uh, managing my own practice. I have a six-dental uh, chair practice in Ahmedabad where uh, all the six dental chairs are attached to laughing gas. So we do a lot of conscious sedation dentistry. I work under the microscope for root canals and I work with my husband who's a pediatric dentist and a couple of family okay. members who are specialists in dentistry. That's about it. Uh, the best part about being a woman has been that I was probably uh, genetically uh, timed to, you know, multitask my life. So, you know, life never stopped after having twins. Yeah. I just uh, bounced back uh, six months after twins, of course, gradually and slowly. But right now, they're just four and a half. And I practice for, say, eight to nine hours a day at my practice. So that's about it. I manage kids. I manage a practice. And life goes on. It's as happy as, a, as it could have been. And I think it's like full throttle. So the best part about being a woman is that you can multitask. You can have it all. Yeah. So, Dr. Aplu, as you are an endodontist, what was the mm-hmm. one most exciting thing about endodontics that made you fall in love with it? So, like I said, I had graduated from uh, Padma Shri Dr. Vijayapati Dental College in Nehul, Navi, Mumbai. I think my love started for uh, endodontics at that college, you know, because... And we used to sit at the OPD as interns. Mm-hmm. We used to have a rotation and there were two interns with one postgraduate doctor sitting at the OPD. I'm sure you guys might be also doing something similar. So, you know, there were a lot of instances where patients used to come. Of course, it's an endo. So, you know, people will come with abscesses, will come with severe pain, they will come with a lot of trauma associated with the kind of pain that they're going through. The postgraduates will take them. They will do something and the patient will just walk out one hour later or say two hours later. And the relief that you see on the patient's face, you know, and the kind of, uh, that was something which is very intriguing. And that was something which uh, probably made me feel uh, very connected that, you know, somebody is coming in so much of pain and that you can just relieve that person of the pain. And I actually saw patients giving a lot of blessings to these doctors. And, you know, it was just, just those two months of posting in that department. We just kind of uh, shifted the paradigm of life, you know. The I wanted to be an oral surgeon, but then uh, okay. after my posting in Endo, 
I was very clear. I, in fact, waited for a year and a half to get admission in Mendoza. The love started from the graduation college. It's not, never stopped. I, I, I don't uh, miss out not being able to extract it. I think the last teeth I extracted was in 2008 or 9. Probably I don't know how to extract them anymore. I don't miss them anymore. I don't miss giving sutures to anybody anymore. I don't miss making dentures. I probably don't know how to make dentures anymore. But I love what I do. And I love the root canals and I have. Luckily for me, I got an environment to practice where I had everything uh, with me. I had a good staff, a good support staff and a good number of patients. So I did not feel the need to shift my focus away from it. That's amazing. That's very interesting. <laughs> yeah. So ma'am, we know you have wonderful twins. Could you please share your beautiful experience when you became a mother? I wouldn't say it was like immediately a wonderful experience because, you know, I was working till the seventh month of the, my pregnancy with the twins full time. I thought in my mind that I had all planned up that I would be working till the second trimester, the third trimester I'll take an off and then take few months off and then get back to practice and all. So I had always been practicing dentistry. I was full timer already before I conceived the kids and then I was working full time with them. So when I was actually made to sit at home the first few months were very good and of course the first few months with twins if you ever come across a twin mother you'd always see that it's very tasking but I started feeling something called as postpartum depression because I was missing work of course you have these kids you have uh, you know something that you've procreated some very beautiful creatures but uh, you miss work. So I would not deny the fact that uh, any woman who goes through the process of uh, birthing after a few initial months would start missing her professional career because you you know the reality just strikes to you that you can't work now with the aggression and with the same kind of timelines that you used to work earlier because there's somebody in your life that you have created and you need to take care of them. You're kind of the protector of those people, you know, those kids. So yeah, yes. it did. So initially it was good and then it went into like, a, you know, it just goes up. It's like a roller coaster. It just went up and then it just went down. It just dived down. You know? It was like, oh my God, what am I doing? You know, what what, what is going to happen to me now? You know, what? Am I going to just clean the potty and the wipe the bumps and I'm going to just clean them all my life? So what am I doing with myself? You know, there I was like somebody respected people. Were, you know, people open the doors for you. They, they make you comfortable at the place. You know, you have your own personal cabin. You are talking, you are discussing cases, you are you're reading research papers. And all of a sudden you are researching on lullabies to read and sing. So <laughs> yes, but then I was like, so then... I gradually started going. So now I would say now I'm in a happy phase with the amount of time I can give to the kids personally as a mother and with the amount of time that I can give to my own practice as a doctor. So now I think I am a very happy soul and a very sorted soul. It's a journey. It's been a journey as a woman, as a mother, as an entrepreneur. Okay. So, could you please share your experience? Uh, how did you take care of your oral health during your pregnancy? 
I had come to know the very first one that I was triggered. So uh, the first thing I did was I went to my uh, clinic and I I asked my my husband is a pediatric dentist, but I asked him to open my mouth and just check for any cavities or anything which is left. So once I got a go ahead that there's nothing, then in my fourth month I went back to my dental hospital. And fourth <laughs> month, fifth month, sixth month, I went for a checkup. I got my scalings done because when you are pregnant, you have hormonal imbalance in your body. That hormonal imbalance is always seen in your GCF and in your saliva as I'm sure most of them it's all written in the research paper so if you are not very vigilant about it then you would end up having some kind of gingivitis you are more prone to get cavities you are more prone to get uh, bleeding and swollen gums so a very good thorough oral prophylaxis in your second trimester is uh, what I always recommend also when a pregnant lady comes to the dental hospital in the second trimester we have got a good time to take a deep look at all the cavities that are present some which might be deep can be rectified at that very moment itself so luckily I did not have cavities but that's what uh, I went to the clinic and just asked my staff to check on me so I did that the thorough checking was there and post-pregnancy also after the 42 days you know the Indians are very concerned about the first 42 days so once the first 42 days are over and when the woman can get out of the house my first trip was to my dental hospital to get a checkup again done just to make sure that my gums are fine and if I have any bad spots because of the laddus that I was eating and all the sweet that was fed <laughs> into my mouth the first trimester just go get yourself checked up so you know what you have to take care of the second trimester still go to get a checkup if there is anything to be remedied and then after the first 42 days you can go to the dentist and get a checkup that should be the protocol so there are a lot of myths going around about oral health for women during pregnancy let's do a myth buster round and discover whether they are just myths or actual facts so the first one is it's none of a dentist's business that I'm pregnant of course the dentist has not done anything to make you pregnant but (laughs) But if you if you uh, if you have a regular dentist or rather if you do not have a regular dentist also, like I said, I always tell all my female patients that uh, you know just come in the first trimester, just get your checkup done. That's it. So everything is notified. You know, I we generally at our practice we give them a complete printed out format of how each and every cavity or tooth is there. Everything in detail we give them. If there is an OPG taken or if, of course you can't take an OPG in that kind of stuff. But if there is anything, any other findings, some detailed findings have been taken, we give them a printed format to them. So the first trimester they know and we give them points on how they can take care of it for the next three months. So that once the fourth month starts, we call them four, five, six to treat them well. Okay. I have had a couple of patients or not rather a couple of maybe like some 10-20 patients in my lifetime in all these years where I had to do emergency root canals in an 8th month or a ninth month mother also because she's come with swelling. So I always tell them why to wait for that kind of a scenario to happen rather come in your second trimester get everything done. If it's, it's the safest, get it done. Of course, if anything goes wrong, then we are here to take care of them. But then second trimester, absolutely, you should go to your dentist and get yourself 
checked up, get yourself treated. A good dentist would know how to take care of you when you are in your pregnancy. They will give you everything and they will give you a proper regime also to make sure that your teeth are proper and how you can maintain the oral hygiene. You should go to a dentist. So the dentist is not responsible to make you pregnant but the dentist is definitely responsible to make sure that you sail through your pregnancy in a very smoother and nicer way because when a female comes in the 8th month or the ninth month with swollen mouths and when the gynec is yelling at them that this could go through the, the umbilical cord barrier the blood barrier and everything and they are like so traumatized that that's very sad a scenario to see. So second trimester, get it done. I think I, I work with a lot of gynecologists. So to the gynecologists that I work, they refer uh, me all the patients in material of whatever their oral hygiene is in the second trimester. I think the dentist can uh, work around with uh, the gyne gynex around in your vicinity. And if you get a good gel up well, the gynex can only refer them, you know to you so yeah. there should be uh, that's that's my opinion there should be the guidance should refer to you so the patient comes to you in good faith yeah thanks a lot for <laughs> explaining so that. let's go to the second one you should not get a dental x-ray done during pregnancy so is it uh, or not? So a lot of see a lot of old uh, dentists it, it, it's a, it's always a topic of uh, debate and discussion in a lot of dental forums if you talk to a lot of senior dentists they will tell you no not to do it but a lot of young dentists believe that the kind of exposure that our now very sophisticated dental x-ray machines give you if they do not harm you in any which way still if you have a problem you can always make the mother wear a lead apron and you can get it done i feel Huh. Don't then get done like a hundred x-rays done. Just get one or two diagnostic x-rays done, which is fair enough. If to go for a root canal, use endomotors with apex locator. So you don't have to go for the, you know, working lens and your GP cone lens with the, you don't have to collaborate them with the radiographic. But at least for your basic diagnosis, diagnosis you should know. You should know that if there is an infection in the bone. You should know if there is an abscess that you are facing. You should know if there is anything that uh, that could have, you know, gone other way around also. So, uh, very least, as much as possible, with a lead apron, it is safe, is what is my opinion. Okay, so when, uh, if it is very necessary, we can go for the dental x-ray. That, 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 that's my opinion. That's my opinion. Like, like I said, it's an absolutely debated topic. But you can always make the patient wear a leather pin and I do not think so that the x-ray, uh, the newer x-ray machine. So you need to make sure that your x-ray machine is also well upgraded also. So you, you cannot use a 10 year old or a 20 year old x-ray machine on a patient. You need to make sure that the rays are uh, periodically checked by the person who comes to do that. Okay. So the, keeping all the asterisk marks in the picture, you can. That's what I believe. Okay. So let's move to the third one. I should not get any dental procedure done while I'm pregnant. No, absolutely not. The fourth, fifth, and sixth months are absolutely your second trimester is absolutely the safest trimester, which even your gynecologist will collaborate with you. And like I said, that yeah, you know, what would you do if you come up with a huge swelling or if there's a sinus tract opening from your extra oral sinus? What would you do if there's an extra oral sinus tract opening? You know, then what you would do? You'll have to go to a dentist. So the second trimester is absolutely the safest trimester to do everything and anything in an emergency in your last trimester when the person is just about to give birth then of course you can if there is an absolute absolute necessity do not send the patient back make sure you've taken all the precautions you've made the patient uh, you know uh, the right from the posture of the patient to the kind of anesthesia that you're giving to the patient to the 
the kind of uh, root canals and only for the root canal i'm saying so even if you what my personal opinion is that if i think that this particular tooth needs to an extraction i would give an la and do a rco a good bnp give a better pets give a temporary dressing and send the patient back ask the patient to come back after 42 days after the delivery and then uh, continue with the rest of the dental treatment so at least there is a temporary relief from that area there is some opening for the pus to come out there is some and i dis disoclude the tooth so even it doesn't come in occlusion so you know if you keep certain things in mind second trimester absolutely safe last trimester if it's like the end of the world for the patient then yes of course you have to do it and you should do it okay so let's move on to the last one and the fourth one my oral health won't affect my baby is it true uh, or not uh when there are certain researches which say that yes it does affect the oral health of the child there are certain researches which say that if you have severe gingivitis if you have severe bleeding gums if you have grade 3 grade 4 calculus in your mouth then there are chances but it's again a debated topic i haven't seen a case like that so i would not want to comment on that so uh, does hormone fluctuation during menstrual cycle or due to COD or PCOS, but yes, of course it does. It does. We see a lot of kids with acne, a lot of girls or boys, young teenage boy kids coming to us with positive acne treatment going on, and you see their oral hygiene. There is definitely calculus. There is definitely drifting of teeth apart. There is definitely maybe a localized or a generalized bleeding gums. issue so yes there is and it is proven also in research researches around the world that whenever the body goes through a hormonal imbalance the first marker is your saliva the saliva will always have the markers in it and the same goes for your uh, pregnancy the same goes for the menopause in female and there is something called as male menopause that's where we get a lot of corporate heads generally they are the ones who are the uh, or speakers you know they are the ones who are more worried about how they look and how they smile so that's how when we have correlated you know that they are going through this kind of a milestone in their personal life and that's how uh, you know you could just gain the pros and cons and see that yes uh, there is there is a definitive correlation so how can people during adolescence and their menopause take care of their oral health So what I tell them is like uh, just visit your dentist once in uh, six months, the first one year, and then later on once in a year. So I tell them Diwali ki safai ghar mein nikalte hain, वैसे Diwali ki safai दांतों की भी निकालो and uh, come just before Diwali to us, get yourself checked up. If there's anything to be taken care of, we will take care of you. So when there are patients who are more prone to, so what you would do if there are patients who are more prone to, so we give them adjuvant therapies to make sure that they take care of their health at home. We actually keep a very good check on what kind of toothpaste that they are using. what kind of toothbrush they are using because uh, sometimes we ask them to even get the toothbrush to us sometimes patients do not change the toothbrushes beyond the 3 months they need to change you know they keep on using the same toothbrush and the bristles are all worn out and they kind of irritate your gums they kind of attrit your teeth and 
it's bad. So we sometimes even ask them to get their toothbrushes to us also. That, and we can show them that, you know, this is not supposed to be there on your toothbrush. A periodic check whether they are changing their toothbrushes. They are GERD uh, diseases, you know, gastric diseases. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are very common in the hormonal imbalance patients. Right? That is why. And if needed be, we give, we prescribe them flosses. If there are patients who, you know, they come to us, they kya hard time floss karne ka, ye karne ka, wo karne ka. So there's something called as water pick in the market. It's readily available in Amazon. Different companies provide it. We do not pick for one company. So we tell them that, you know, every company is good. You can use any uh, water pick. But then that's, that's between the dentist and the patient. Once they see the patient on a regular basis and they know what kind of... See, once you keep seeing the patient, the patient is in your loop, you know what are their grey areas of oral health. So you just need to stick on those grey areas and give them tips. And mind you, once you give them tips, rather than uh, providing a dental invasive treatment, they would be your followers for a lifetime. Because yes. they would go back home and they will try it and then they would know, you know. They, you, you need to develop a positive attitude towards dentistry among this the patients, not among this the doctors itself, you know. They should be positive about that, what the doctor is telling me. Sometimes the doctor is just giving me a prescription and just sending me back home for their good. So I believe in a lot of non-invasive therapy rather than an invasive just how per those not like that. Yes. So we have a very detailed uh, medical form also. So I uh, we do a, a check of uh, what kind of medication. See, if the patient is on some kind of neurological de- uh, drugs, even then they would have, especially the anti-epileptic drugs, those patients will always have calculus, always poor oral health. So you can just, you know, go through their uh, detailed medical history. So we share some closing comments or some key points that women should take care of with respect to their oral health. So the first thing itself is that you are a woman and you need to multitask in your life. There is so many aspects of uh, your life uh, that you need to always uh, be vigilant about. So make sure that your oral health is uh, never compromised. Oral health at different phases of every female's life is going to be affected due to the hormonal imbalances. It's going to be affected by the kind of phases that the woman goes through, you know, when she, you are a mother, you are a mother to young kids, you are a mother to teenage kids, you are a mo- mother to a young adult, your body goes through changes, your mental uh, stress uh, is associated to every phase of your life is different. So the first and the foremost thing is brush twice, new, you know. Night brushing is very important. You should brush your teeth the last thing before you go off to sleep. Make sure you change your toothbrushes once in every three months period. Whether it is nice, it is good, it is bad, it is ugly, whatever it is, you need to change it. If you are a patient who tends to brush vigorously, have more arthritic teeth, you have, uh, you know, the, the surfaces have lost the luster, then use a soft bristle uh, toothbrush or a medium brush is all fine. Always keep a toothpick with you. Women generally, if anything, if any food is stuck, the women are the first people to open up their safety pins and take it out. So we can't get a lot of women with, you know, the only the gingival proximal part is broken. And because of that, you know, then the mayhem starts. So always keep, uh, there are these portable, uh, smaller, you know, they can just go into your pouches, you know, that purses, these toothpicks, so flosses, sorry, dental flosses. So you put your dental flosses 
visit your dentist once in a year find a dentist who can provide you a good cup of coffee so that you would enjoy the trip to the dentist i would say like that or pick up a good magazine and just go and have your me time at the dentist office and please go and you know get your dental checkup done if need be get a oral prophylaxis once in a year done if you are a pregnant female your second trimester is the best time to go to your dentist and the best time in your second trimester is also your fourth month so you know if you have something the doctor also has three months to work on you post having a kid so maybe you know six months or one year after the kid just visit your dentist because there is a very high possibility you've just been a young mother the turmoil of managing your kid is too much so you might have not taken care of your oral health so also just you know it's important to meet your dentist if you are going through menopause it understand your saliva concentration is not going to be very good so the saliva's basic function of wiping the food particles and the remnants of the food particles from your mouth is not going to happen and because of that you are more prone to calculus you are more prone to cavities you are more prone for your gingival recession and all gingival related issues so once you are into your menopause try and visit your dentist once in 6 months if not once in 6 months like i always say फैमिली they feel ashamed to tell somebody that mere ko ye problem ho rahi hai generally patients come to us when they are in their radiotherapy that i can't chew food you know so if you have a female in your family who is undergoing some cancer therapy please take her once in six months to a dentist for a regular checkup because she might be definitely having some dental issue which she might be avoiding and might not be telling you and when they tell you it's like too much for a dentist also to manage so all in all a regular checkup with your dentist for your pregnancy post pregnancy menopause and if you are under some kind of a medical situation like you are under some cancer therapy and these are the major phases where you should not at all miss out on your dental appointment a dentist can actually help you save a lot of issues Thank you so much, ma'am. Thank you so much, Doctor Abhi. It is. It was very, very informative. So thank, thank you, you for, for having me. <laughs> thank you for enlightening us with all the knowledge on dental health for women and breaking the myths around it. So it would certainly help our listeners to attain valuable dental health. Thank you so much. Welcome. The pleasure was all mine, and thank you for being such wonderful hosts and actually listening so ardently. I'm missing college now since I'm an associate professor at Dental College. I was missing out on college and giving lectures now. So thank you for having me. Thank you so much, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. It's our pleasure. All right, guys. That's a wrap for this toothpot episode. We will see you guys in the next episode with another guest and a bit more insight to the dental world. Get the issue of our e-magazine for free. Check out our Instagram at toothpick magazine for details. Till then, take care and stay safe.